In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who comes in order to bring His Word near. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we started today off with me asking you what you've looked up on YouTube lately. And, and for some of you, uh, you've just looked up University Lutheran. That's the only reason that you are, you know, ever, ever on YouTube, um, uh, and, and especially if you're, you're joining us that way. But, but some of you have, have, uh, have looked up all sorts of different things. I, I distinctly remember the, the first time that I, I remember talking to a student about something that they had looked up in terms of like a how-to and they, they were looking up how to wash a car. And for me, like I, I grew up uh, underneath somebody who had been raised in an auto body shop and uh, I was, was raised under meticulous car washing specifications. And so the idea that somebody would have to go and look up how to wash a car on YouTube just blew my mind mind. And there's all sorts of different things that you can look up on YouTube that, that give you skills and things that, well, maybe other people think, well, that just kind of comes uh, normally. You, you kind of learn that just by going through life. And, uh, you know, I, I looked, I, I couldn't find at least one that wasn't sort of sarcastic and jokey uh, about how to change a light bulb. But it, it almost gets to that level of, you know, uh, people just posting things about, well, this is how you do sort of normal everyday tasks. And the reality is that those videos exist and are upvoted and all sorts of stuff because we live in an era and in an age where some of those things are just not common knowledge for whatever reason. And so you can look up how to wash your dishes on YouTube. Really? And some of our residents needed to look that up at some point. And so there's, there's kind of this question about like, well, what really is common knowledge then? What comes preloaded in, uh, in terms of what we know about how to do things? And so uh, while it may sound sort of laughable to, to look at a video about how to wash your dishes, on the other end of things, there are uh, tons of videos on how to use different social media uh, that uh, some people go, well, okay, yeah, I don't know how to, how, how to do dishes, but I, I know TikTok. And so there, there's kind of this question, like, okay, what really is common knowledge. And, and into the midst of that, we, we have this story of the boy Samuel. And this story of the boy Samuel is, is a, a interesting story. Samuel's story begins much earlier than this. Samuel's father and mother, Elkanah and Hannah, they, they start off life and, and they're, they're not able to have a child together. And so Elkanah and Hannah, they, they go and, and they're, they're praying. They, they really want a child. And one day, Hannah goes to, the, goes to where... Eli the priest is, and there at, with Eli and the priest, he is able, to, Hannah is able to pray to God and say, Lord, I want a child. And, and she gets so worked up about it that she ends up crying in, in front of the altar of God. And, and in front of the altar of God, uh, she, she starts weeping and wailing. And the priest Eli 
says, what are you doing, you drunken woman? Get out of here. Because the state of Israel has gotten to a point where we know that, that everything about Israel at this point is kind of evil. It, it, it's divorced from God. It's away from God's word. People are not living according to God's word. And Hannah and Elkanah are sort of uh, the, the, the odd ones out. They're the exceptions to the rule. And so Eli, when he hears this woman going on and going, going forth, he just says, well, she, she's got to be drunk. And yet she turns around and she says, no, I'm not. What I really want is I, I just want a son, and I'm, I'm getting so worked up about this. And into that moment, Eli speaks the word of God. He prophesies about the birth of this child, this child who is going to be named Samuel. And, and so she has Samuel, and, and she raises Samuel up. And at the age of three or four, she brings him to the temple. And so he, he's this, this little kid who is now going to be enrolled in service at the temple of the Lord. He's going to be en enrolled into uh, what the priest Eli is doing. And uh, that's where we come into this story, this story where Samuel at this point is, is he's doing all of this kind of crazy stuff. You know, he, he's basically like a live-in acolyte for Eli. Uh, he, he is the, this guy who, you know, he makes sure that everything is polished up. He, he makes sure that all of the candles are, are lit correctly and, and all of that. And he is literally sleeping with his head next to the Ark of the Covenant. And yet the text tells us that the word of the Lord, like Ian said, the word of Yahweh, the, the personal name of God, the word of the Lord was not common in those days. People didn't know. They, they didn't hear God speaking to them. And so we, we kind of wonder, okay, well, you know, how common is the word of God today? We, we've seen all across the board, all of these statistics and all of these numbers about how in the United States, biblical literacy is way down. That there are tons of people who identify as Christians who haven't read the Bible in years, plural. And you kind of wonder, like, what, how, do, how do you do that? How do you, how do you work that out? How do you not read the Bible and yet still kind of say, well, I, I'm in this? Well, it's just like Samuel's day. And I, I think there's some reasons for that. I, I think there's some, some fears that, that kind of drive our uh, un unwillingness to know the word of the Lord. And the, the first of those fears is, is just this fear that, well, if, if I hear the word of the Lord, that word of the Lord is going to tell me to stop doing some stuff. That if I hear the word of the Lord, I'm going to hear thou shalt not. And so if I don't read the Bible, if I don't hear the word of the Lord, well, then I'm not going to hear the thou shalt not. And so therefore, I'm not going to have to say that I understand what's happening in that word. 
And we see a little bit of that perhaps in, in that Corinthians reading as, as Paul is going through with all of the, the, the things that are happening in Corinth and all of these little sayings that show up in, in the Corinthians reading that are sort of proverbs or, or things that, that are just sort of cliches in Corinth at the time where they say, well, we, how about this? And, and Paul sort of goes at that with Scripture. He says, don't, don't listen to the cliche, listen to Scripture. And so sometimes we, we don't read Scripture, we don't engage with the Word of the Lord because, well, it tells us about something that He doesn't want us to do, and we're afraid that if we hear that, well, we're going to have to stop that. But sometimes the Word of the Lord tells us about something that we've already done. Sometimes we, we don't want to engage with the word of the Lord because we know that that word of the Lord is going to accuse us. In fact, there's this neat little Latin phrase that is uh, the lex semper accusator, where the law always accuses you. And, and there, there's kind of that sense of, you know, when we read the word of the Lord, we go, oh, eh, that's me. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you're like, I, I haven't read the word of the Lord in about two years. And that's what the law does. That's what the word of God does in, in its function of the law. And so it, it brings that home to us. And, and sometimes we fear reading God's word because we fear feeling guilty about stuff. But that's not the only reason. Sometimes the word of the Lord we fear because, well, we know that the word of the Lord is going to tell us to do something. It, it's going to tell us to do something probably that we don't want to do. And that's the case for Samuel here. Samuel is, he, he's, he goes to God after this exchange with Eli, and he says, speak, Lord, for your servant listens, and, and then it cuts off in our reading. But if you know the rest of the story, you know that what God tells him next is go and give Eli bad news. Go and give Eli bad news that his sons are going to have the priesthood stripped from them, and they're going to die. Well, thankfully, probably the word of the Lord is not quite that bad for you. But we still have this fear of, uh, well, if, if I read God's word, it's not only going to tell me to stop doing some stuff. It's not only going to tell me that I'm guilty of some stuff, but it's actually going to tell me that I should be doing some stuff in the future, that I should actually be ramping up towards something. And, and, and we don't like that. Because we're afraid of all of those things getting in the way of the way that we want to live our lives. And so we figure, well, if, if I just don't YouTube washing the dishes, then I won't have to wash the dishes. Maybe I can figure out a way that I can just live my life with paper plates and plastic forks. Or if I don't... YouTube, how to change the light bulb. Well, maybe I just go through life living in the dark. And there's all of this sort of sanctified ignorance that becomes the way that we start to think about living our lives because we don't want to engage with this thing that's called the law. We don't want to engage with God's word because we know that God's word has that law stuff in it. It tells us stuff to stop. It tells us where we've gone wrong, and it tells us stuff to do. And yet, it tells us more than that. 
And that is also something that we need to keep in mind as we think about what it is that Samuel has hope in. Samuel, throughout his entire life, has hope in this word of God speaking not only to him, but to his people. He has this hope that they will hear him and that they will hear him clearly tell them about what the word of God is. And so we see Samuel's entire career as it plays out in his life, going from this point to a point where he is actually sort of a warrior monk fighting against the Philistines to a point where he is the the chief advisor to both Saul and David throughout the entire time. He's just hoping that if he brings that word to them, that they will hear it and that he has the hopes that that word will change their lives. And maybe we have a little bit of that hope too. Because we know that the word of the Lord isn't just the law. We know that the word of the Lord is also the gospel. We know that the word of the Lord doesn't just stop us from doing things, but it also frees us. It tells us that our sins are forgiven and that even those things that were sinful in the book of Deuteronomy and Leviticus, that some of those religious laws that we are set free. And it tells us that we are freed from guilt. Freed from the guilt of our sins that we have already committed because we know that Jesus Christ has died for those things and has set us free from them. And it tells us that not only are we called to do things, but we are also called to to take our rest in God. And that that word of the Lord, that it does those things, it tells us to stop, it tells us to examine ourselves, it tells us that we have things to do, but it also tells us that we are free. It tells us that we can find our identity in Jesus and his righteousness, and it finally tells us that we can rest in that, that we can know that being set free of all of those things that we then gather what we need in order to live out what the law requires of us, and that that cycle goes and goes and goes, and that's the hope that Samuel has for his nation. That is the hope that we can gather for ourselves as we look at the scriptures and we look into it and we go, yeah, there's stuff in here. There's stuff in here that tells me to stop doing the stuff that I want to do. There's stuff in here that tells me that I'm guilty of the stuff that I'm guilty of. There's stuff in here that tells me that I've got some stuff to do, but there's also stuff in here that tells me that I'm free to make decisions because Christ has saved me. There's also stuff in here that tells me that I am forgiven, that I am unaccusable, that I am acquitted. There's also stuff in here that tells me that I can rest in who Jesus is for me and that he has already won eternal life for me. That is what the word of God does in our lives. And so that's why 
it would be good for us to look it up on YouTube, to look it up in our Bibles, to look it up on a website, to look it up wherever we can find the Word of God so that we can see those things at work. And so may you this week open up the scriptures in some way, shape, or form. And in opening up the scriptures, may you find in there both law and gospel. And may both of them speak to you about who you are and who God is. Amen.